Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Back for hour number two, big news of the day. Chris Mortensen of ESPN reporting Marcus Mariota not expected to play tonight versus the Colts, so it's playing Gabbard. Uh, <coughs> lineup's all set, and that is the news of the day. Big, big news. Um, Got to like the Colts' defense even better tonight. Yeah. Uh, so, Jim, thoughts on that? Well, it definitely hurts uh, Tennessee's chances, no doubt about it. Blaine Gabbard hasn't uh, struck fear in too many opposing defenses in in quite a while, uh, so I definitely you know hurts their chances a lot. I expect I expected Indianapolis to win this game outright by a decent margin. Anyway, this just puts it over the top. I'll say this as somebody that had the Titans over eight this year. Thankfully, they did it last week against Washington. I didn't. Um... Blaine Gabbert did have a big touchdown drive in that game, but that's a Washington team that hasn't been itself for a really long time now. They were six and two. Now they're uh, seven and eight. uh, Washington is so, uh, you know, one and six down the stretch as opposed to the Colts who were really amazingly, I think because the Texans were on such a big streak, people didn't talk about it as much. The Colts were one and five. They're nine and six right now. They lost that fluky game at Jacksonville, but they've gone eight and one. It's uh, and they're playing really well on both sides of the ball. They've gotten into some funky games like uh, the Jacksonville game and against the Giants and even Miami. But nonetheless, they've gotten it done really for the better part of a couple of months. So uh, we'll do running backs here in a second. Let me take a quick look. Well, we'll do the coaching changes actually at at the end of the hour. Before I do that, if you want to be the next daily fantasy legend, try dailyroto.com for free this holiday season. That's right. Free advice from fantasy pros, free NBA DFS projections, and free optimizer access and free everything else you need to dominate daily fantasy basketball this holiday season. So stuff your stockings with cold, hard cash, get free access to daily roto with the promo code dr holidays to access your free trial that is dailyroto.com promo code dr holidays with an s at the end so um uh, we'll do coaching changes at the end of the hour let's get back to scott's rankings and we'll do some prop bets accordingly again these are on rotoexperts.com um and we'll do ppr rankings as we normally do saquon barkley heads up the list no surprise there saquon going for a couple of incentives not not incentives excuse me a couple of milestones today if he has two catches today it will be the most ever by a rookie running back he also other one yeah here it is with 114 scrimmage yards against dallas today Barkley would join these two Hall of Famers as the only rookies with at least 2,000 scrimmage yards in NFL history. 
Jim and Scott, who are those two rookies? Don't ask me because I'm sitting here looking at my notes and they're right there. Okay. Repeat the question, please. <laughs> it's a radio show, Scotty. It's a focus here. Come on. Yeah. Me and you, bud. <laughs> 2,000 yards. Uh, he needs 114 scrimmage yards or 2,000 yards. He'll be one of, he would he'd be the third rookie ever to do that, to go over 2,000 scrimmage yards. Who are the other two rookies? Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson in 1983 is correct. He is the most ever with 2,212. Uh, Chris Johnson? No. Not a bad guess, but that big year, I think, was his second year. Rookie. We were just talking about his team a minute ago. 1999. They're playing tonight. Oh, they're playing tonight. Marshall Falk? No. Uh, Edgerton James. Edgerton James. 2,139 yards. So, Barkley... You guys give him that shot, 114 scrimmage yards. You like Barkley there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. As Scott has, they're, they're going to feed him. They want him to get that to that milestone. I think that's plus. You know, if if he gets five receptions, he tops Odell's rookie record uh, for the Giants for crazy. 91 receptions. He's got a, a whole litany of things that he can hit milestones out in this game, including long plays, 40-plus yard plays. There's another one for that. He's just amazing. Pretty interesting. Had an amazing so, year. Yeah, it really has been. Lost, not not lost, because I think in fantasy community, we understand how great he's been. But I, from an NFL standpoint, I think people have also acknowledged how great he's been. But I, I think because the season hasn't gone the way as expected, he probably hasn't seen as much fanfare uh, as he otherwise might have seen, uh, especially being in New York and all that kind of stuff. But uh, let's go through the rankings. Barkley at number one, Melvin Gordon at number two. Chargers obviously still playing for some seeding. Derrick Henry comes in at number three. You feel differently about that now since the news just came out about Mariota? He's still going to get his, yeah. regardless. Well, the thing that the, the Titans finally discovered over the last few weeks is you get to, there are some – Backs in the NFL, they're called rhythm backs. You, you, you hand them the ball frequently, they get into a rhythm and they get really good. Other running backs can make the most of every touch. He's a rhythm back. Even if Blake Gabbard is in there, they're still going to feed Derrick Henry. And he's still going to get his. But, Jim, what? They need to feed him because they need to keep Indianapolis's offense off the field, and that's, he's going to be the way they do that. I feel like even if they know if it's coming, as good as that defense has been, He's at least going to get respectable numbers. There's, there's no way of stopping this guy. So, so what was it about the the middle of the season? Like in in weeks one through three, he had ten carries, eighteen carries, eighteen carries. Then starting in week four, eight carries, eleven, seven, twelve, six, eleven, nine, and eight. Um, and in that eight, I remember against Houston is when they were getting blown out. He got like seven, six or seven of those carries on the final time-wasting drive, the desperation drive when they were down 17 points. So, And then the next week it's 10, then 17 when he went crazy, 33 and now 21, and today I'm sure he'll see north of 20. So, Jim, what the heck happened? Did they just realize that Deion Lewis wasn't effective or that they needed to switch things up? What do you think it was? I just think this offense hasn't had a true identity all year. I agree. Uh, they've never really, you know, picked one scheme and said, this is what we're going to try and do. They've been bouncing around trying to, you know, 
develop different things all at the same time. You know, found out that Corey Davis, while he may be a good wide receiver, probably not a good wide receiver one. Uh, you know, maybe if they got a true number one, it might help him out. You know, just they just never seem to come together as an offensive unit. And to me, that's got to, a lot of that has to fall on the coach's shoulders. Uh, keep going through the rankings. Jamal Williams at number four. Uh, Damian Williams, you have at number five. You said you still like him, even when we talked about the Spencer Ware thing. You still like Damian Williams at number five. James Conner at number six. Now, I have said that he's a game-time decision, but as uh, everybody's rightly pointed out, he has practiced all week. So I think it's a final determination. But as opposed to Antonio Brown on Pittsburgh – where they're not as optimistic. It seems like Connor's going to play, but he hasn't played in a month, so they're going to test this out, right? Uh, I have. I really haven't seen any things of where he's been a GTD. It's just more of a questionable tag. Well, that's what they were saying. That that's what they were saying late last night, this morning. That they still wanted to check him out before game time. Ian Rappaport is reporting this morning that he is expected to play, barring any setback and warm up. So yeah, that, that's basically what, what we expected what anyway. Seen. And they're not going to bring him back before he's ready. So. Uh, you know, if he's out there, you got to play him. It's if there wasn't time to bring somebody back before they're ready, this is the time, though, to be fair. Jalen Samuels can get it done. But, uh, you, look, if James Conner is out there, you play him, period. Yeah. Uh, keep going. Nick Chubb comes in at number seven. Crazy. Nick Chubb and Baker were on the bench. Start the year. Anyway, Joe Mixon <laughs> at number eight. <laughs> Elijah McGuire at number nine. Elijah McGuire making an appearance in the top ten. C.J. Anderson at number ten. I mean... If you played C.J. Anderson last week, God bless. I mean, it was it was super desperation time, but Scott knows full well because I was texting him on the way home. I said on Twitter, there's going to be a lot of Todd Gurley zeros out there this week because people were in tougher spots depending on the league that you're in. Scott ended up playing in a championship game where he won going away, but – uh, he played against a guy who had a Todd Gurley zero. He didn't have C.J. Anderson or John Problem Kelly to back him up. Problem was, here's two things. Number one, I picked up C.J. Anderson to like three leagues where I could last week because, A, if I, even if I didn't use him, I didn't want my opponent to have him and for him to go off against me. Secondly, I knew in this Week 17 league that I could possibly have him. I continued to aggressively work the waiver wire throughout the fantasy playoffs. Just because you never know who you might land. I picked up Brian Hill like uh, on Monday because I said, what if I could start him? Or what if he goes off again? I don't want my opponent to have him. So, you know, that was the reason that you got to continue to actively, aggressively, where it has first come, first serve after the wave of run to aggressively work the wave of wire after. If you're not going to start the guy, get him off the waiver list because you don't want somebody else to have the opportunity to pick him up. Yeah, pick up Secondly, defense, the, the Greenwich Street Tavern QB. League, where I won the championship, uh, the guy had Gurley locked into his running back spot and not his flex, so he couldn't have pulled him out. And that's a mistake, and that's why you learn, and that's why I'm back-to-back, and that's why I'm donating a portion of my winning to rise out of the shadows in Seattle. It is is a shelter for, for young adults, and it's backed by Chris Carson. Chris Carson was a big player in my my final two games, and I'm going to donate a portion of mine and, and Dom from Queens. We're going to donate a portion of our winning Chris Carson's charity, and I suggest that everybody who's listening to this 
pick the favorite player on your team, the most important guy who was a key for you all season and down the stretch, and donate to their charity because it's a way of the fantasy community giving back. I think it's important we win something, we give back, especially if it's substantial. And second off, I'm so tired of hearing, like, you know, from athletes too that, you know, I don't like fantasy because people kill me on Twitter. You know, let's, we couldn't do this without these guys giving us this hobby. Let's, let's thank these players for what they've done for us and, you know, give something back to them. I agree, and I, I thought it was really cool, whether it was fantasy or not, what happened last year with Andy Dalton and people donating to his charity, all the Bills fans, uh, because he got into the playoffs. That that kind of stuff's fun, and you know, if you can throw, you know, whatever amount it is, twenty, fifty, hundred bucks at a charity, I, I I think that's every little bit helps. So I can appreciate you doing that, Scott. So uh, Sony Michelle comes in at number eleven, Gus Edwards at twelve, David Johnson at thirteen, Marlon Mack at fourteen. Tariq Cohen, 15. Dalvin Cook, 16. Jeff Wilson at 17. He's the man there. Uh, they're playing the Rams, but Jeff Wilson's the man because Matt Breida went to IR. Lamar Miller, good to go today, according to Bill O'Brien. Doug Martin at 19. Peyton Barber at 20, who's a little bit of a, a DFS darling today. You got other guys like AP, who, by the way, ran for 1,000 yards this year. James White, Tevin Coleman, Royce Freeman, and Chris Carson comes in at number 25. I'll just ask you about... I'll go back to Jim on some of these others, but I'll ask you first about Chris Carson going up against Arizona. Are you expecting starters to get pulled in this game? I'm not, I'm not expecting Chris Carson to play a full game. Rashard Penny's going to be back. Maybe they, they get him some run because what they were trying to do before Penny got hurt was they were trying to play a little bit of a thunder and a lightning thing with Carson and Penny because Penny, if you get him in space and you get him on the perimeter, can be very dangerous. So I think they want to get him back into a rhythm uh, Chris Carson, because he has an unapologetic way of playing football, uh, he can get hurt at any time. You know, he's what Marshall Falk talked about with you guys last week on Lineup Lock Live. Some guys are just, you know, they're reckless. You know, and they uh, Chris Carson, I spoke to him out in Seattle. He, he doesn't care. He says, this is the way that I've recently played in my career. I want the defense... To feel me, I want to wear them down, and I want them tired in the fourth quarter. You know, he's he's not unapologetic about the way he plays, and I think the Seahawks know that. They don't want to throw Chris Carson out there in what is a game where it may not mean as much to them as some people might think, where they, they like Mike Davis and they want to get Rashad Petty work. They probably feel they can win the game with those two other guys. So you might not see Carson get more than 14 carries. All right, Jim. I, I ripped off a whole bunch of players there, so I'll let you have at it with any of the guys I mentioned. Gus Edwards' name pops out to me in there. Marlon Mack and Jeff Wilson are kind of interesting. So who else do you like here? I like, uh, well, I like Dalvin Cook. Like you, Scott was saying earlier, he needs to be a big part part of this uh, Minnesota offense too, even against the tough Chicago defense. He needs to come up big uh, for this team to have, you know, a major chance here. And uh, I, I like him. He's a, Scott has him a little lower than I do, but, I, you know, I can't fault him in that matchup for doing that. Um, he does have Lamar Miller a lot higher than I do. Uh, I'd like to hear his thoughts on that. I just, with with Miller being out last week with the injury, not 100%, and going against this Jacksonville, you know, Jaguars defense who have been playing pretty well, I'm just wondering why he has him so high. Volume. Uh, I think there's going to be volume for him. He's back. He practiced in full. You know, it's uh, they're expecting him to fully go. It's it's a very important game. Uh, so 
you know, Jacksonville's defense has been pretty tough on everybody but Derrick Henry, but I think there's more guaranteed volume for him than a lot of other running backs where we just don't know. We all said that we like Saquon Barkley to get that 114 yards. Um, the prop bet for his combined rushing and receiving yards is 112, so it's right there. Over. I think he's, he's got to be a must if you're playing cash or even tournament. I mean, tournament's not a must, but if you're playing cash, Saquon Barkley's got to be in there today in DFS. He just has to be. Uh, all right, let me get you some other prop bets. Jim, Nick Chubb, 68 and a half yards rushing. Ooh, Nick Chubb. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go. That is tight. You know what? I, I'm going to go over, though. I, I think uh, he, he's having a good season. It, you know, I, I think Cleveland wants to win this game, wants to get over that 500 mark for the first time in many years. And, I, I, you know, I think they have a lot to prove. I'm not sure they get there, but I think they're going to fight like hell to do it. How about David Johnson, Scott, 51 and a half? Combined? Nope. Just rushing? rushing? No. Uh, he he goes over. I think, I I think you know you might see Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright pulled off the field at some point. And the last one I'll do for both you guys, Jim Dalvin Cook combined one hundred and a half yards. Ooh, that's a big number. But I, you know, based on what I just said, I'm going to have to take the over, but not very confidently. Over DFS contrarian play. I'm going to say under on that Dalvin Cook number. It doesn't mean I think he'll have a bad game. But... I'm not going to give him the uh, 80 yards and a touchdown or two. It's a good game. So we'll be right back with wide receivers. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. receivers here in a second but if you'd like to wager on sports or never have and would like to try head on over to bet dsi they have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of including sides totals and player props i'm talking a lot about player props today where you can utilize your dfs skills without salary cap constraints you can even wager on esports politics and reality tv Get an edge with live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game action. There are so many ways you can make money. So go to BetDSI, enter the promo code FNTSY18 when signing up to get a 100% bonus deposit match. That's promo code FNTSY18, BetDSI, where players get paid. So uh, continuing along the wide receiver discussion... Again, uh, rotoexperts.com, Scott's rankings. Uh, we have DeAndre Hopkins at number one. So when I was putting together my DFS lineups, there was like a few locks for me. Um, Barkley was one. 
and Hopkins is the other. With Demarius Thomas going down with the Achilles injury and just the way that offense has always historically funneled so many targets to him. I know Lamar Miller is back. I just don't see who else gets the ball at this point. It could be a 19-target kind of game for DeAndre Hopkins. They still are playing for some stuff. The thing about Hopkins is is that every defense knows that he's coming, but they can't stop him. You know, even even Jalen Ramsey, I I, I think, you know, you can't assume that the defense always wins the matchup. Uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is a guy where him and, and Deshaun Watson just have they they have such a rapport together that it, if if he puts it just anywhere near him, and you know he's just, he's just got an inch of radius. He'll, he'll be able to catch the ball. But do, do we have the numbers on what Hopkins did against Ramsey in the first meeting I'll this year? I'll check it right now. Uh, I will check it right now. For I'm, I'm, I'm just very curious about that. But, you know, this could be another low-scoring game where it's just enough for uh, Houston to score like 16 points and win 16-6. to six. He had one of his worst games of the season against Jacksonville last time. Now, I don't know how much um, Ramsey was on him. He was 3 of 50 for one touchdown. So... It was the that's least, still 14 points. It was exactly yeah, right. So it was the least catches he's had all season. Um, he never, there's the only game in which he caught three or less passes. So uh, 50 yards was his low, uh, second lowest output of the year, uh, but he did score. So like we, Scott we said, we can't 14 points. shadow coverage all the time. Either, yeah, that's right. Though. The only game that he had that was worse than that from a fantasy standpoint this year was against uh, he had two games, actually, against Tennessee in Week 12. He went 5 for 74, and against Indianapolis 11. in Week 14, he went 4 for 36 and a touchdown. So they were right there. 13. <laughs> so 13. So his worst PPR game this year has been 11. 12.4. Yeah. Excuse me, 12.4 according to uh, the numbers right here on, on ESPN. So uh, anyway, uh, Hopkins is one of the guys I really want in those DFS lineups. We'll talk to those guys in about an hour. See, see that's a question for next year, too. I, I, I know everybody's going to go for the superstar running backs like Barkley, Gurley. But you know what? You could make an argument that the fantasy MVP this year has either been Antonio Brown or DeAndre Hopkins. You know why? Especially when you talk about Brown. If you drafted Brown in the top three, he actually delivered the return. They, to me, that 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 could be, arguably be a real MVP because how many guys you you draft in the first round, they just don't give you that return. And Todd Gurley, look, it's one week, it's one big week. You drafted number one overall, you didn't have him in your fantasy Super Bowl. I think the reason Antonio Brown would lose votes is because in week fourteen he had eight and a half points, and in week fifteen he had fourteen point nine points. Now last week, uh, week fifteen, in your that's still fifteen like in, PPR in, points. I agree. And in week in week sixteen, I'll take that over zero in week sixteen from Gurley. In week sixteen, though, Antonio Brown forty four and a half. And by the way, w- w- I, the guy that we talked about, I think we talked about him last week, Jim. He and Scott has him ranked number nine this week. Devontae Adams, and finished in, through sixteen weeks, he finishes the number one wide misses. receiver in fantasy football. One hundred and eleven catches on the season. Only Antonio which, Brown. Had more touchdowns, but That's my correct. my point and only being Michael though Thomas had more is catches. that you don't have a lot of safety in fantasy football, and Hopkins and Browns are safe. They're durable and they are so consistent at a very high level. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah, but that, wait, but then how come ahead, you're Tim. not putting Devontae Adams in that discussion? <laughs> Devontae Adams' lowest game of the year, I think, was 16 points against the Patriots. He was back in I don't have nine. a problem having an incredibly a consistent. Here's, here's, his, here's his rundown. And we're not trying to do a year in review thing, but we are doing a year in review thing. So I'm looking ahead to next year's draft, too, though. <clears throat> yeah. It, amazing consistency out of Devontae Adams. He never had less than uh, four catches. <laughs> Actually, here's the deal. He had less than five catches one time, and that was against Miami when he went four for 57 with two touchdowns. Yeah. So it was a 21-point game. His lowest output of the year was 16 points against New England when he went six for 40 and a touchdown. Um, just really crazy consistency. The touchdowns, the catches on a regular basis, he was awesome this year. And I know the team didn't do particularly well, but when you compare all of these elite wide receivers, nobody mentions him. Yeah. He's in the next tier. They talk about A.B. and Julio and Odell Adams and Mike right Thomas there. and DeAndre Hopkins. You know, like Jim said, he's right there. It's like it was just like a brain fart. Like not, not to I'm not blaming him, you. I'm, I'm you know saying- what? I'm, I'm, he's in a tier above Odell with me because, uh, you know, with Odell, durability has been a problem. Jim, do you agree with years. that? I do agree with that, uh, just for that reason, especially yeah. the, the durability has been an issue the last two years. And, you know, hard to count on somebody who's not going to be on the field playing for you when you need him. Yeah, agreed. All right, let me rip through these wide receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster comes in at number two, Tyreek Hill at number three. So he's one of the other ones I really wanted my DFS lineups. It was getting difficult to put it together because I wanted Barkley and Hill and DeAndre Hopkins as far as... I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster is obviously a great play as well, but um, I was I was just focusing on the Chiefs in particular and building my lineups, and I wanted Hopkins to be Me the too. other guy because I just think he'd see more targets. With Juju, there's a possibility that A.B. can play and he doesn't see a 19-target game. I do see that happening with somebody, somebody like He's going to go off regardless. Yeah, so uh, T.Y. Hilton comes in at number four, Julio Jones at five, Julian Edelman at six, got, caught three fines, this week By the way, one thing on Juju, like though, and if people should remember this in the NFL, when one guy goes off in a certain week, the team, will, the opponent will watch game film the following week and say, well, we got to take that guy out. So you can't do the that. other guy goes off. Yeah. And, and that often happens in the NFL. And you can't even really do that with the Steelers because yeah. here's a statistic for you, Jim. Um, <laughs> I got it right here somewhere. Yeah, the Steelers, Brown and teammate Juju Smith-Schuster – Brown has 104 receptions right now. I just want to make sure I got that right. Yes, and 1,297 yards. Juju Smith-Schuster has 106 receptions. Uh, they can become the first pair of teammates in league history to record at least 110 receptions in the same season. Wow. 104 and 106 right now. So um, pretty impressive. Uh, Juju is up there for fantasy MVP for me as well because I, I know he was a relatively high draft pick, but he's been massive. He and Robert Woods on the wide receiver front really outperformed even some pretty good size expectations. They really outperformed. Yardage-wise, he's killed Robert Woods, though. Yeah. No, agreed. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying where they were drafted rel- relative to where they were drafted. That Juju was drafted MVP, higher than Robert Woods. Uh, keep going. Julian the only Edelman reason I six. wouldn't put Juju in that conversation, though, real quick, yeah. is because he has kind of a couple of you know really down games under 10 points, including Week 15 
for, you know, fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I think that's so fair. That's the only kind of reason I wouldn't put him there. That's all. Yeah, I think that's he's fair. Not, he, he's had an outstanding yeah, year. Yeah, he and against Baltimore in week four, four of 60, Cleveland in week eight, four for 33. And then to Jim's point, um, four for 40 against New England, that, which was a surprise to me. But uh, nonetheless. Not every player blows up every week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Robert Woods comes in at number seven. Keenan Allen at eight. Devontae Adams, the aforementioned Devontae Adams at number nine. Antonio Brown right now at number 10. Mike Evans at number 11. He's a DFS darling this week. Adam Thielen at 12 and Diggs at 13. We talked about them earlier, needing to get them in the mix in order to get them to a playoff spot. Uh, Brandon Cooks at 14. Robbie Anderson, who we talked about earlier in the show, at 15. Alshon Jeffrey at 16. Deshaun Hamilton at 17. I think there's a lot of ability there. I think they got themselves uh, a wide receiving core moving forward, and Deshaun Hamilton might might be the guy. Yeah, Yeah. I know, but they do need a quarterback. But uh, Deshaun Hamilton might be the guy um, that ends up uh, being the number one wide receiver there, Jim, long term. Well, I love him working out of the slot. I I think he ends up, you know, being the guy who's most counted on – you know, each and every week, uh, Sutton is going to be the big play guy, but Hamilton will be the, you know, the guy that does all the hard work underneath over the middle. And, and I've always liked him for that, and I'm, I'm glad he's finally getting his chance. You yeah, watch the Broncos, though. They move him around, though, too. Yeah. They, they like him a lot. Jordy Nelson at 18, Robert Foster at 19, Kenny Galladay at 20, Larry Fitzgerald at 21. He's doing everything he can to save, to save Steve Wilkes' job. I don't think he's going to be able to do it. Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton's teammate. Cortland Sutton at number 22. Calvin Ridley at 23. We mentioned Corey Davis earlier at 24. And the other Denver wide receiver, Tim Patrick, at 25. Uh, Does that mean that you think, I mean, you have these three guys in the top 25 in Denver. Do you expect them to have a decent output passing the ball today? Decent output. Uh, I think all of them are viable. I don't don't think Tim Patrick has a ceiling, but he, he can get you about 10, 11 PPR points. You know, he's sort of like a Jalen Richard of wide receivers. Yeah. Jim, um, Alshon Jeffrey thing. Now, there was a moment there where people are like, what is going on with Zach Ertz? Does Nick Foles not look at him? And Zach Ertz went absolutely nuts last week. Um, but there does appear to be some connection between Foles and Alshon Jeffrey. Scott has him at 16. So do you like him today against Washington? Oh, I do. And for that reason, Nick Foles definitely seems to look for him on a lot of the important plays where he needs to get something. He's looking for Alshon first, Ertz second, where, you know, it was pretty much the other way around with Carson Wentz. He was looking for Ertz first, second, third, and fourth before he got to anybody else. Uh, Foles definitely has some eyes for Alshon Jeffrey. And, you know, this is a, a, you know, going against a team that's at permitting what almost 14 yards per catch to opposing receivers. So I like Alshon Jeffrey. In this yeah. A few, few notes here on Jeffrey three for 82 last week against Houston uh, in that big win eight for 160 uh, against the Rams six for 50 and a touchdown against Dallas the week before that. And then three for 31, uh, a bunch of middling games right before that he did. He will likely draw Josh Norman in week 17 and when he played against him in week 13 he only went three for 31 so something to keep in mind uh, for Alshon Jeffrey today Uh, could be uh, boomer bust kind of pick today in DFS or elsewhere but like Jim said like Foles definitely has an eye for Alshon Jeffrey Scott yeah it's a big game that they have to win you know Washington's out of it now so 
uh you know josh norman i don't know what kind of incentives he has but uh he does like jalen ramsey you know and acts like a fat cat who who doesn't want to tackle uh i don't think it hurts his outlook too much you know somebody's going to pay josh norman yeah uh okay wide receiver prop bets and jim jump in if i if i didn't uh speak about anybody that uh i may have missed due to injury uh concerns or anything like that we you know Robbie Anderson Scott has high up the list with Anunua out, and um, he's moving and around. And curse out as well. Say that again. Look, the, the and curse out as well. Anunua and curse right. are both out. From, right. So Rant, Robbie Anderson, I mean, is going to be the Chris guy. Herndon. My only problem with that. I'm sorry, Chris Herndon. Well, Chris Herndon, yeah, okay. Um, oh, the the wide receiver guy. How's that? Um, but my problem here is that you know, if you're New England, they always have a tendency to take out your yeah. top, you know performer and that's been Robbie Anderson so I think they put a lot of emphasis on taking him out of the game so I'm a little worried about that 15 ranking for him we joke about Chris Herndon championship game last week 20 points yep Good, big yep, money absolutely great Chris game Herndon. I don't joke about Chris Herndon uh, I know you, you know. guys I, I, <laughs> but I I actually I, I say it because I joke about the Chris Herndon thing because we talk about him every week but I was recommending him as well. Like he became a part of that offense. And, you know, like many tight ends, you live the tight end boomer bust life with Chris Herndon. And he had a, a one for 14 in week 14. You know, the bus weeks have been like six or seven though. So in week where's, 14 where's the bus Buffalo, weeks with some he had of the a tight one for 14. Like, so if you're in the yeah. playoffs and you use Chris Herndon in that first round, you got bupkis out of him. But last True. week, championship game, 20 points. He's had some good weeks though. He's top I, I ten at the position. I get it. It's the tight end position. He's had some good weeks, but 13, 14, 15 were not them. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, <laughs> if you picked Chris Herndon up like after week six when he had that first good well, game. What did he have in 14 and 15? Here's his here's his five point one in yeah. 13, 2.4 and 14, and 8.3 and 15. Not good. Not good. He had 10, 15. Sometimes 5.1 and 8.3 as a bus week is uh is more than other tight ends. <laughs> All right. You keep digging in. He had scored 16 points in three weeks. He didn't do well. I was trying to give him credit for doing well in week 16, and now you're defending him for his 2.4. Not defending him. All right. So uh, let's do some props. Not for his (laughs) 2.4. I said 5.1 and 8.3. That's like a good week for Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph went crazy last week. What are you talking Before about? Before last week. <laughs> Kyle Rudolph won people. Well, I guarantee he won people championships last week. Nobody Kyle played Rudolph. him, though. But uh, Yeah, nobody right. played him is right. Right. <laughs> Rudolph's been horrible. Him and Jimmy Graham have been disgusting this year. Wide receiving, wide receiver prop bets. Jim, I'm going to start with you. Mike Evans, 78 and a half. Oh, I, I think... I think I think he's going to go over. Yeah. I, you know, like you said, he, he's definitely the darling of uh, Daily Roto. They like him this week as well. Uh, I think he has to go over that number. They love Godwin this week. I don't think I've used Mike Evans in any DFS lineups. I'm feeling like I should. They do like Godwin as well. Yes. Yeah, but no, Deshaun Jackson. But I think there. it's because this that game could be a track meet. You know, what's yeah. the what's the total on that game right now? Fifty one. So that's why you know for what team? Fifty one. 51, yeah, right. No, 52 right. over on there. Yeah, oh, yeah. 51, 51, 49 type It was of a game. joke, James. So, Second highest slate of the, of the day. James. That's my move. So, <laughs> Sorry, Mike. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald, 55 and a half. Could be his last game. Stay over. Jim? 55 and a half. Um, and 
You know what? Seattle at home, uh, if, if I go oh, with Scott's thinking that they really don't want to play the whole game, then I'm going to go over. I think the last time we did a Fitz prop bet, we all were convinced he was going to go over. He caught two passes for like 18 yards and both <laughs> were touchdowns. Yep. It was like a great fantasy game, but he didn't yeah, hit yeah. the prop bet. Uh, all right. Uh, last one real quick. Doug Baldwin, 48 and a half. Under. Rest. Give him Doug Baldwin, 48 and a half. Scotty's right. Then, yeah, I'm going to go under. I'm going Robert Foster over 47 and a half. We'll come back. We'll do tight ends, and we'll do these coaching discussions, celebrate Scott's championships and Jim's championships, and I'll cry in the corner. Talk to you in a minute. <laughs> From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Closing out the show. Last segment of the regular season for FST Game Day Edition. Thanks for joining us and listening to us all year on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, on TuneIn Radio, on iHeartRadio, on the American Forces Network. We appreciate you listening to us all season long. Hopefully we've helped you to have some fun this year, and hopefully we've delivered you some championships. And before we get to a little recap of what happened with these guys this year, if you want to be the next Daily Fantasy legend, try DailyRoto.com for free this holiday season. That's right, free advice from fantasy pros, free NBA DFS projections, and free optimizer access, free everything else you need to dominate DFS basketball this holiday season. So stuff your stockings with cold, hard cash and get free access to Daily Roto with the promo code DRHOLIDAYS to access your free trial. That is DailyRoto.com, promo code DRHOLIDAYS. So, uh... I'll run. I'm going to rip off the tight ends really quick, and then we'll do maybe coaching changes. Talk a little bit about uh, you talked about your charitable efforts with your fantasy title. But uh, PPR rankings again: Travis Kelsey comes in at number one, Zach Ertz at number two, George Kittle at number three. Based on the fact that there are some legitimate plays discounted at running back in DFS this week, like Dwayne Washington, like, um, who do I have in my line? Rod Smith. You have Jeff Wilson Jr. out there, C.J. Anderson. Those types of plays are legit. I think it makes sense to pay up a tight end. I'm going with Kittle right now in my one tournament lineup. I have Kelsey. But, but Ertz and Kelsey are, are right there. Like, I, I, I'm I'm moving money around still on this one lineup, uh, especially since I'm, ch- I'm stacking Chiefs. I might go back to Kelsey and move somebody else around. So um, I have uh, Ingram and Kelsey in one of my tournament lineups today. There you go. Um, 12 personnel. That's right. Yeah. Which is the guy that Scott played in the championship, tried a 12 personnel, didn't work out. Ebron and Gronk sunk him, and then he took a zero, zero from Gurley. Uh, Jared Cook comes in at number four. Eric Ebron at five. Evan Ingram at six. Jim just mentioned him. Rob Gronkowski at seven. Cameron Braid at eight. Chris Herndon, the fourth. 
at number nine. David Njoku at 10. Vance McDonald at 11. Jalen Samuels uh, because of Yahoo uh, rankings is number 12. And Trey Burton at 13. A whole bunch of DFS plays out there on this. Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle are right at the top. Gronk and Ingram a level down. And then he can play mix and match if you're going to punt at tight end. Gerald Everett, CJ Uzuma, Hooper, Herndon, Cook, better on FanDuel. Great, Graham. So that's it for tight end. Jim, any comments there on any of the tight ends? Just great. Um, not really loving him this week. Uh, they're saying that he, he's been kind of banged up a lot the last few weeks. And, you know, we're seeing that the last three games he's had 12, 8, 12, 9, and 8 yards respectively in those three games. So uh, I just I, I don't don't like him in this one. I think the, the injuries are hurting his productivity, and I uh, just can't take him in this one. Yeah, in, in week 14 against New Orleans, he had two catches for 12 yards. Both were touchdowns. But but last the reason why then it was one for nine. Ted is because then it was one for nine against Baltimore and two for eight against Dallas. So five catches in three weeks. Yeah, but I figured up uh, he's got a good shot at a touchdown today against the Falcons. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, being banged up maybe uh, you know if if uh, OJ Howard wasn't on IR a touchdown, you know, we'll get you nine points. Yeah, if yeah, OJ Howard wasn't on IR, he might not even play. Um, How many tight ends can you really count on? Well, you like Chris Herndon, but you have Chris Herndon behind a hurt Cameron Brait. I don't get it. I might have to move him up after this conversation. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, let's do one prop. Some of hard, stubborn guy. Let's do one prop bet here. Um, how about Zach Ertz, who broke the tight end record? How about that? He was going, he was like six or eight away or something like that. He blows it away. 12 catches for Zach Ertz. Most tight ends, uh, most catches ever by a tight end in a season with 113 uh, to go along with his 1,148 yards. He's been a monster this year. So, Jim, his prop bet this week, 60, 65 and a half yards. I have to think he goes over. Uh, again, this is a big game for them. I think him and Alshon Jeffrey have to be big cogs here because the rushing game's just not really getting it done. How about Austin Hooper at 32 and a half? That's an interesting one. Uh, I'm going to say under. That's a little tougher again. Yeah, he, he's been banged up as well. And yeah. I, I just think they, they go down the field more than they try to throw off to him. So I'm probably going to go under as well. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, I want to take a look at the coaching changes. But first... You talked about celebrating your one victory by donating to Chris Carson's charity, which is Rise Out of the Shadows. Rise Out of the Shadows in Seattle. It's also called Roots. Uh, I write about this on Seahawks.com. Went back-to-back in the Greenwich Street Tavern League with my friend Dom Castiglione, and uh, together we're going to uh, donate in the name of Chris Carson, who had two big weeks for us in the playoffs in Week 15 and 16. Uh, that was under the My Cause, My Cleats campaign recently. And you can check it out uh, under the fantasy section on Seahawks.com. And I encourage everybody to do it. You know, whatever charity uh, there is of some guy who maybe helped you deep into the playoffs or all season long, you should find out who it is. Uh, don't give something back and, you know, show show these guys appreciation for their efforts. So, Jim, let's talk about your you championship. donated to the Jim Day charity. <laughs> The, hum- uh, the, the human uh, fund. For the brand new sewer line that I found out yesterday I need to put in my house. There you uh, go. By the way, I also won the uh, Headbangers Ballers <laughs> Celebrity Rock and Roll League. 
Uh, and I also won the Fantasy Football Frenzy Auction League. So there you go. Yeah. You Jim, go. how about yourself? Yes. You, you won a big home league. Guys that you've been friends with for a one, long time. Yeah, one more today that I'm uh yeah, and, and, and the best part about this whole league is that the, the winner gets to select a tattoo that the loser has to get. Uh, so really? I'm in deep thought of trying to, yeah, I am in deep thought of trying Whoa, you're to in one of these come tattoo up with leagues? the. That's amazing. <laughs> with, uh, oh, yeah, we do it every year. Have it's, you ever had crazy. to get one? And luckily, no, I have never had to get one. I've never been on the bottom. I'm knocking wood as I say that uh, for next year. I don't want to jinx anything. I've never been on the bottom. Has anybody got multiple uh, tattoos? Viciously. Oh, yeah, we've had one guy who had four, but he likes tattoos, so he don't care. But he's got some crazy ones because of it. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm trying to come up with the best one I could think of for, has there for ever been? Right now. Has there ever been an idea so out of bounds that the recipient was like, I, I just can't do that. Oh, there's been a couple that have been pretty out of bounds, but they got no choice. That's what we sign up Whoa. for. And everybody agrees. I would to not it. totally so, like, that. you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, I've, I have enough confidence well, that I wouldn't finish in last place, but stuff can go South and I wouldn't want to be on the receiving. Mike end of get a tattoo. tattoo on his face. What's that? It might <laughs> make a tattoo on his face. Yeah. Right? No, no, it can't, it can't, it can't be on the face or, you know, something, you know, arm, body, legs, all viable, but it can't be on the face. Covered by clothing. I would imagine you can do it wherever. You know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Most often it, people do have jobs. bathing suits. <laughs> yeah. You do have jobs. Yeah, right, You're not going to get a little Wayne tattoo in the middle of your forehead or post Malone or whatever. We can so, be like the impractical jokers and get one. They got Will Smith's yeah, son on. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Jaden Smith, yeah. I didn't I see I love that. that show. Those guys are awesome. Oh, that's a great show. Yeah. I've heard a lot about this show, but I, I haven't watched it, so I can't really comment. All right, I'm going to throw out my uh, my DFS lineup. I got Pat Mahomes uh, at QB. Um, I got Pat Mahomes at QB, Dwayne Washington at running back, Jeff Wilson Jr. at running back, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins and Keith Kirkwood at wide receiver. George Kittle at tight end, C.J. Anderson in the flex, and the Seahawks D. I got a lot of like long shots there. It's like a stars and scrubs type of lineup. I, I was really hoping to get Barkley in there. I just don't know how to do it because I really want Tyreek Hill and Hopkins and Mahomes in there. Can't have every superstar. I guess not. Jim, you yeah, got right. one lined up? <laughs> That's the whole idea. Sure. I, here's a tournament lineup I put together. Uh, I got Derek Carr, uh, Gus Edwards, Sony Michelle, Julian Edelman, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Jordy Nelson, Evan Ingram, Travis Kelsey, and the Giants defense. Interesting. Interesting. The G-Men. Yeah, the G-Men going up against I the like Cowboys his running backs because that's who I have my Week 17 Super Bowl, Edwards and Michelle. <laughs> yeah, I love what C.J. Anderson. Mine is uh, Patrick Mahomes, Jamal Williams, Jeff Wilson Jr., Chris Godwin, Tyreek Hill, Jordy Nelson, Travis Kelsey, C.J. Anderson, the Giants, with some help from the Daily Roto lineup optimizer. Do you guys think, you made me think of Sony Michelle. I'm in a keeper league. I came in third place this year, got bounced in the semis, just had a bad week. Yeah. Um, Sony Michelle, I would keep in the second round next year. Do you think he's keepable as a second-round pick next year? How many keepers does everybody keep? Uh, I don't think there's a limit on the number of players you can keep. But on the whole, there's a I think if you're looking at it from a yearly perspective, I agree with Jim. But when you look at it, what everybody else is going to keep, it does make sense to me. I think I am going to keep him. Yeah. Would you say so, Jim? 
No, I, I don't like him as a second-round pick. I think you could probably get him back uh, in the third round in, in a lot of drafts. Unless, yeah. unless like Scotty says, if most of the main running backs are kept, then no. that changes the most equation. Of them are, most of them are not for this reason. Uh, as, as a rule, you can't keep anybody drafted in the first three rounds. So the top players get rotated through each week. Oh, then eight, then eight I would year. absolutely not keep Michelle as a second round. The one guy that I can't look again. It's still New England players drafted in the first three rounds. Where was three Michelle rounds. drafted? So whoever was drafted, just listen. Whoever was drafted in the first three rounds this year cannot yeah. be kept. Right. I drafted Michelle right. in the fifth round. But you lose the second round to form. Yeah, because it 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 advances three rounds per year. Because because yes, players I, drafted I like in the that. first three can't be kept, I, I would take the chance and throw them back. Hmm. When you gave that context, the only other top me. guy that's going to be kept is Kamara because somebody drafted Kamara in like the ninth round last year, kept him in the sixth. They'll keep him in the third, and on and on yeah. and on. So you you could easily get him back, and you might be able to do a little bit better. I'm doing pretty good in that league as far as keepers are concerned. I'm going to have Calvin Ridley. I'm going to have Philip Lindsay as like a tenth rounder. I'll have uh, Calvin Ridley. I'll have Darius Geis as an eighth rounder. I'll have like I I made I made some moves this I year. He, I don't even know year. if Darius Geis is like. I know he's struggling with these surgeries. I know, yeah. but at the time, I, I felt pretty good about having him next year as an eighth rounder. Anyway, uh, so that's it on DFS. Our DFS lineups. We got some similarities there. I heard C.J. Anderson's name, Kelsey's name. Again and again, Tyreek Hill, I heard a couple of times. So you can see there's some popularity there from the Daily Roto crew. So let's run through these coaching changes real quick. AFC, Todd Bowles, he's gone, right, guys? Yep. Oh, yeah, almost definite, certainly. Um, I'm reading now. This is according to Ian Rappaport. The Ravens tried to throw... um, Tried to quiet all the rumors about Harbaugh leaving. But it's possible that he decides to leave and they part ways. So that's something to keep in mind. Done a nice job. And as far as Todd Bowles goes, uh, I think he's one of those guys who wants to get approved. We see so much in the NFL. They're probably a better coordinator than a head coach. Yeah, I, I, I feel like he walked into a tough spot, but you can't still judge him based on this year. Um, I don't think they have a... T- I think they're still a little bit of ways away from a talent standpoint, and that's more on McCagney. Well, than last Bowles. year was really tough, though, for any coach. I agree. The Jets. I agree. And this year wasn't. It's not like they're when you coach the Jets. It's, it's not like they're it's littered going to be with the talent. Jets. It's going to be challenging. Yeah, it's not like they're littered with talent, though. Um, the Dolphins. Yeah. It, I actually thought they were going to definitely keep Gase, but now it's saying it's up in the air. That's not a done deal. And Browns owner Jimmy Haslam has long been a fan, so that's somebody to consider for the Browns opening if they decide to move on. The Browns, that's obviously wide open. The Bengals, that it, that was a one-year contract with a team option, but it is thought that the Bengals were exercised the team option unless Marvin Lewis retires. Jim, what do you think? Marvin Lewis stays or goes? I think he goes. I, I don't, you know, look, there is a lot of talk about him retiring and, you know, there's just too much going on in that team. If I was him and at that point in my life, I, I might make that decision 16 to years instead zero. of trying to come back and, yeah, and, and figure out this team again next year. 16 years, zero playoff wins. Uh, Doug Marone thought to be safe. Uh, Jaguars probably may move on. They've already moved on from Nathaniel Hackett as offensive coordinator. They may, may move on from Todd Wash as defensive coordinator as well. The Broncos. 
Vance Joseph is all but a done deal. Yep. Um, there's a thought that Gary Kubiak could come down and serve as the offensive coordinator if they wanted to keep Vance Joseph. But I, I think I think they're going to move on. This team just has not performed up to expectations. So NFC, the Cardinals. Now, in general, Jim, I am not a fan of giving guys a one-and-done situation. But I will say that I did not like this fit from the start. A younger defensive coordinator being paired up with Josh Rosen and – they could not rank worse statistically. Offensively, they're dead last in points and yards. Um, they are the worst in net yards per attempt. They are the worst in yards per attempt offensively. They're also the worst as far as drives are concerned. Defensively, and he's a defensive coordinator, they are dead last in rushing attempts against, rushing yards allowed, rushing touchdowns yielded, and they give up 4.8 yards per carry. So I think Steve Wilkes looks like he's on the way out despite Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, sticking up for him, Jim. No, I, look, it does. It makes all the sense in the world. He he hasn't advanced this offense at all. You know, Rosen is probably the one rookie quarterback that hasn't taken any real steps forward in his progression in getting to be a better quarterback. And this offense as a whole, even after you know they they got a little shot in the arm when they put Byron Leftwich in charge, but that lasted a couple of weeks and then that folded. Um, so it's just not getting anything done at this point. And you're right. When you got a young rookie quarterback, you don't want a defensive coordinator as your head coach. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, they have, Larry Fitzgerald was saying everybody on the team likes him, but, uh, you know, maybe they can keep him around as a mascot or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. yeah. That's a good deal. <laughs> Co- coach Carter, coach Cutter from, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks says, whether I'm here or not, I'm always going to be a Bucks fan. That's what he said on his radio station, which means his office is packed up. That's a done deal. He can get season tickets. The Lions, uh, Matt Patricia uh, is going to be the Lions coach going forward. They could make some changes. The Packers are going to have a lot of people interviewing for that job. Josh McDaniels on that list. Um, Dan Quinn appears to be safe in Atlanta, but there's talk that St- Steve Sarkeesian may move on. It's not the offense's I fault this that. year. They got tons By the of way, Patricia, on one of the beat reporters said, I have never seen a co- head coach that is so consistently late to every press conference. That's just rude. Yeah. It's unprofessional <laughs> and rude. It is. Yeah. Uh, Washington apparently is going to be sticking with Jay Gruden. They fired a whole bunch of marketing executives, which was indicative that team president Bruce Allen will stay because they wouldn't let him make those kinds of decisions if he was moving out. Uh Vikings are going to be looking for offensive coordinators. Cowboys, I might have an offensive coordinator question if they're one and done in the playoffs. But that's it for us, regular season. We'll be back again soon. Jim will be on tonight. Scott's staying on with me in Lineup Lock Live. Talk to you soon.